Hey, welcome back to another episode of Always Sunny. It's Sunny. And Susie. And Susie! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we've had an awesome response uh, from the first episode. It's been amazing. A lot of y'all probably were just kissing my ass, but I still appreciate it. Uh, when I would ask for favorite parts or what you thought and critiques. Uh, and some of you were really nice about giving reviews. And we've, we've just gotten really positive reviews. And I just want to say we appreciate that. You know, my wife and I have spoken about it multiple times. And so far, we love our listeners. They're pretty neat. Right, yeah. Susie? Yeah, you guys are okay, I guess. You guys are okay, I guess. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, we talk about it uh, in this episode. But we have uh, Anchor FM is our sponsor. And we get about one cent per play. <laughs> so- yeah, so... Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for your pennies. <laughs> We've made, I think, like $4 so far, which is fucking great. I'm not complaining. I <laughs> this is not. I did not do this for any kind of money whatsoever. This is therapeutic for me, honestly. Yeah, okay. We all knew that you wanted dollars. <laughs> just, I you, mean, you know. You wanted specifically $4. It helps. I'm not going to be begging for money on my own show. But <laughs> if you guys... Want to throw some scratch at me? I ain't gonna. I'm gonna deny anything. Every listen gets a penny. Every so. listen gets a penny. So just play it on repeat all day <laughs> if you don't mind. Just have it on the background. Turn uh, your volume down on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to listen to it over and over unless you really want to. I think well because we have to. I have to put it in separate. Like uh, uh, I think if you just listen to the ad, like press play like five seconds before the ad starts. Oh. And then, like, stop it right after the ad. It still counts as a full listen. Gotcha. So if you just play that on repeat all day, it's uh, that'd be really cool. It'd help us get Ella some candy once in a while. <laughs> but we understand if you don't do it because we are not doing that. No, so. I actually, I haven't been doing it, but I should. I should be taking my own advice. I should have it yeah, all day. So I should click play and repeat. And then just leave for work. Yeah, exactly. You're you're just costing us pennies, Sonny, because just, you aren't being smart enough. Well, I don't get paid enough, so it actually probably costs us more. That electricity bill will cost us more than yeah, the money we'd sure. be getting. For sure. Uh, so, episode two. Awesome. I said we were going to try to do this bi-weekly, and this is our bi-weekly episode. It's, it's been two yeah. weeks since our first episode. It's so. exciting that we actually hit it, you know, two weeks, like you said. Actually, didn't get pushed off. Exactly. And a lot of the reason is this week we had two snow days. So I had two days to completely edit and cut out. Uhs or ums. Uh, I never knew how, how much I say uh until I made this show. And I sound like a complete fucking dork. I hate it. I hate the way my voice sounds. <laughs> Makes you feel really self-conscious can... when you listen to yourself over and over and yes, over. Yes, absolutely. I have found that I am the ultimate mouth breather. Like, like especially after a couple beers, I'm just like... And you just hear all your like burps and yeah, bleh. exactly. Like you can hear me getting fatter over my podcasts. <laughs> like you hear all those empty Keystone Light calories, all those empty calories, <laughs> just, just stacking up in your body. Literally just bloating me up. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, you know, whatever. I do it for the. I do it for the people. Yeah, that's that's the only reason, guys. He's yeah. he's drinking like this for you. Uh, Susie has been so nervous. About yeah. being on the show. Uh, originally, that wasn't the idea. It was just going to be me. Uh, and I was going to have my wife or, you know, some friends stop in. And um, it's kind of just 
she's gotten some awesome feedback and my wife is really shy like i've always kind of been the outgoing one and she's i'm the dog that's just like pet me play with me talk to me you know and my wife is the cat that hides behind yeah. like the owner's legs that you have to earn love from you have to earn love that's from me. once she gets to know you then she's a, a bag of laughs or then i'll love you yeah then she'll love on you so she's been really nervous and so she's gotten a great response from y'all too so i want to say since my wife probably won't even bring it up i want to say thank you it took some hard convincing to get her like to do the first time and now even after i started i'm like look people like it like people said that and i'm you like know, you're yeah funny. but yeah she didn't want to do this episode so i had to convince her to do this today yeah but it definitely helps that i'm not looking any of you in the eyes while i'm doing this right now one day we're gonna have a live episode well i'm gonna run out the old you're out of like, luck rose for that park one. pavilion like we used to book That's... our shows here that would fit like 12 people that would be ridiculous. And we will have a, we will, I'll set up a microphone, that a couple umbrella crazy. lights, and we'll do a live thing. Well, I won't be there for that. Yes, you will. <laughs> no, you I won't. You have to be there. I definitely we will probably not will have be. a sitter, so Ella will be running around in the crowd asking for candy. And if you have games on your phone. <laughs> yeah. You have any games on your phone with a nose full of boogers? <laughs> um, so my guest for this episode is Justin Heiser, formerly of The Color Morale. We toured with Color Morale back in 2011. We were doing a headliner for our, at the time, our most recent album, which was our sophomore album, Empty Hands and Heavy Hearts. Justin, I love that fucking guy. And I've, I've known him for so long. And I've realized after our, our conversation that we have so much in common. We're the same fucking dude. Yeah, you guys really are. <laughs> we, There's we are so, the same dude. so many similarities. It's weird. Down to like our favorite like holidays and mm-hmm. um, you know kinds of movies. Uh, there's just so many things. There, I guess there's a reason why he and I clicked and it's because we're the exact fucking same. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I thought it was really... It was neat that you guys haven't seen each other in so long. I know you got, you know, you may talk periodically, but even not being around each other, like, I mean, it really sounds like you got, you guys just pick up where you left off from, you know, six years ago or however long it's been since you've seen him. Yeah. So that was neat. It was neat to hear. Yeah. And I also want to bring up that I was super congested the night that we recorded this and you can definitely hear my voice get more tired as the episode goes. And by the end of it, I sound like Tara Reed. I'm just <laughs> like, um, I sound so congested and my throat is kind of, I mean, it's not, I mean, I don't sound that bad, I guess. Yeah. Don't, it, don't click off because you think I'm going to sound awful. He's making it sound <laughs> way worse. Um, Justin lives in Illinois. And so, obviously, he didn't come here to the studio to do this. We used this program called Zencaster. I used it for the first time. And I was pretty happy with the quality. It really isn't bad, uh, considering that we are across, you know, the country yeah. from each other. You know, I give it about 8 out of 10. In this episode, it's a lot less bros hanging out, drinking, you know, telling stories. I mean, he was having a drink or two, and as was I. We definitely, it, it got pretty deep. And we got to share some things um, with each other that... I guess I, I I never, I don't think I ever voiced some of the things that we spoke about like really out loud. It was really therapeutic. And that's why I started this show is kind of like a therapy for me. I don't want to give too much away. Uh, I, I'm really happy with how this episode turned out. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, I was excited to listen to this. And now that I have, I'm really excited for you guys to listen to it. So let's just let them hear it, Sonny. Okay, let's do it. Uh, I'm not really good at this transition stuff. Here we go. 
Like I said, dude, it is fucking awesome to hear your voice, man. I forgot how sexy you sound. <laughs> uh, I, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like we said, man, we did that. We did that tour. Uh, Close your eyes. We just released our second album, Empty Hands and Happy Hearts. And we did a run with y'all, who was uh, Counterparts. Yeah. And was it us from outside on that tour? Uh, I believe no. It was uh, like like Monster Flames. Like Monster Flames. That's right. That's yeah. right. That was fucking nine years ago. I can't believe how long it's been already. <laughs> like, dude. Like, I was counting my hair, my gray hairs in the mirror earlier. I was like. <laughs> shit it's been a while man <laughs> dude consider yourself lucky to be able to count your hair like i have like three strands left on the back of my head like i i, I can grow legit rat tail but that's it other than that i have to shave my shit like when we toured i still kind of had a hairline that's how long it was yeah dude like same i swear to god about six years ago i was like you know i'm looking a little thin up top i'm just gonna kind of like color my hair a little bit maybe make help it look better <laughs> And it was just, my hair got so fucked up and damaged. I'm like, yeah, we're just going to shave my head. We'll, we'll start over. That shit never came back. <laughs> you, you fucking mowed the lawn and it never grew back. Oh, I didn't know I needed miracle grow. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. <laughs> I've been there. I remember, oh, man, it may have been that tour, actually. There was, there was this person that came to cut hair. And she was doing it for tips, you know, like we got her on the mm-hmm. guest list and she was just, you know, cutting everybody's hair. And I was like kind of in denial. I was still thinning on top, but I looked like I did. I did the like it was a little thicker than a normal cone over, but you could see still like my scalp. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I needed a haircut, though. So I was like, yeah, go ahead and uh, cut the sides down in the back, but don't touch the top. And she was really cool. Like she totally like saw through my shit. She was like, "Oh, yeah. oh no, I, I wouldn't think of it any ever." Anyways, did you know they they make this horse pill that helps horses grow their manes? And like my uncle tried it, and it helped him grow back a lot of the hair that he lost. And I'm sitting there like, "Oh yeah, why are you telling me this?" Huh? <laughs> I was so offended. Like I don't know why the fuck you would say that, but like. I mean, I'll pass it on to my grandparents. Like, yeah, totally. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that <laughs> random, you know, knowledge you just gave me that I absolutely have no need for. <laughs> I, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. No, it was oh, crazy. Man, I, I, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that tour is just uh, one of those tours where, you know, we were kind of like in the middle of things going really well for the band. You were, were on this little up climb with, you know, uh, know new listeners and you know new friends on the road and that was like one of the first tours i I can remember where i totally felt comfortable with you know the close your eyes camp and you know just being able to go for walks and you know you know get dunkin donuts and you know run into a mascot you know like (laughs) you know it's just one of those things you know like in that in that time of the color morales lifespan it was just like it was really really cool to like start finding like family members on the road you know and that made yeah. us feel feel great yeah absolutely man and i remember feeling that same way like that was kind of an uptick uh you know like our first album did well and then our sophomore album we kind of had a lot to prove mm-hmm. and um you know when y'all that i think that was our first supporting tour for that or um t- first tour to support that album i should say correct and so you know i'd, I'd listen to y'all a little bit i was at that point in time i was 
more into like the mad ball side of hardcore than this side of hardcore. Absolutely. Um, but I, 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 I caught, I caught y'all, you know, of course I knew who the color morale was like who the fuck didn't at that point. Um, and so I was like, yeah, they seem cool. You know, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be on tour with them. Let's, let's, let's do it. You know, I'm excited on the first day you, when you meet people. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, is he going to be cool? Or are they going to be cool? But on tour, it's totally different. Like we are a different breed. Like right away we can sniff each other out and be like, okay, this dude's either a fucking asshole. I don't want to hang out with this guy or, you know, I want to fucking drink with this dude and eat Dunkin' Donuts with this fucking guy. And right away that first day, I remember like, oh yeah, you know, like they're cool. This band's cool. We already knew counterparts from the previous tour. And then we met y'all and I heard, I hadn't met you yet. And I heard you do that laugh. (laughs) I just remember hearing that and I'm like, that dude's going to be my fucking friend. Like I can tell already this dude and I are going to fucking hit it off. I want to hang out with that fucking guy. (laughs) And you were in that distance. You did that. Oh, I'm going to fucking butcher it. You did like, (laughs) I know that's right. Like I can't even fucking do it. (laughs) But I remember hearing that and looking at you like in the distance. I'm like, I don't know who that fucking dude is, but that's my fucking dude. You know, that's the thing. Uh, I I just came up with that, I think, that day. And that was my mating call to find new friends. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Nine years later, it still works, you know, so. (laughs) Just built the strongest bonds with that fucking sentence. (laughs) Right. And and, and for anybody listening in, you know, I don't know. It's just I was hyper. You know, I felt great. And, you know, we're on the road, like no girlfriend i was like let's just i'm eking out let's just have fun you know walk in the venue i'm like <laughs> you know that's right and you know and it just kind of <laughs> stuck <laughs> oh god it's so good oh it never fucking gets old man i love that thing and then you sent me that video like six years ago yeah, yeah. uh i think i ran into garrett at um south by so what and, uh, you know, we we're just talking about, you know, the old days and whatever. And I was like, God damn it, man. I, I missed, I missed when Justin would say that shit. And I think, isn't he the one that like texted you? Yeah. To, yeah, make, he to make that me. video. <laughs> yeah. He texted me right on the spot. He goes, Hey, send somebody a video. I'm like, of what? <laughs> and he's like, do that thing. I'm like, Oh yeah. The, the my, my sassy mama. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> perfect man when he said to, i still have that video saved like it's still that's why i posted it the other day when i announced that i was doing this to you i was like i gotta post this video like to me that's like you, you know those that new site it's like cameo like you get a celebrity to send you a, a private video uh-huh. you know yeah I'm like this is my this is my cameo before <laughs> fucking cameo i'm like hey you guys you guys know justin from the color morale check this video out that's for me. That's right. I was you know, so stoked about it. You know, I was just making a wish come true. That's it. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Uh, and that tour was so fun, man. I remember, was it kind of like a, it was a colder part of the season. I remember a bunch of hoodies and jackets. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I remember I, we were up north. I think we may have been in Pennsylvania. And we were playing this, this uh, venue that was like a block and a half away from a, a really good pizza place. Anyways, they got us pizza. It was really fun. You know, we were doing sound check. And I remember, uh, it may, I don't know if it was y'all's sound check or our sound check, but somebody started playing that song by Extreme. Um, <laughs> fuck, what's it called? I, it's totally on the tip of my tongue. Um, is it, it's not more than words, is it? More than words. Yes. I knew it. 
Somebody started playing on a guitar, and before you know, it was like a goddamn <laughs> high school musical. Oh like, god, yeah. <laughs> all of us are singing that song at the top of our lungs, just throughout oh, the yeah. entire venue. I mean, the sound guy was singing it, uh, promoters sing it, y'all are singing it, we're singing it. It was beautiful, and for some reason, that has always stuck out to me in my memories of touring. I'm like, oh man, that one time that I was in like a musical and we sang extreme with the color morale and like you know counterparts and whoever oh, else yeah oh yeah that was a fucking good time man yeah absolutely and that's the thing about like being on tour is like you're so like separated from the real world you know it we're just kind of off doing our own thing and in our own heads and you know you, you start a tour and you're all like hyper and stoked and geeked out halfway through you get a little loopy and weird like we're all exhausted you know we've all slept 12 hours in the past month just delirious <laughs> as fuck yeah and then by the end you know there might be a couple fights within the bands but you know whatever you know <laughs> we're, we're just good. tired man <laughs> but no oh, no yeah but like going you know going back to you know it being a different world it's just like those things just happen naturally with the right people and you know we were so fortunate to to at least find someone one person on each tour that we went on that we could really connect with. And, mm. you know, it was a, it was a huge blessing, you know, being out on the road with uh, CYE and being able to have that bond, like after a few, just a few days, you know? Yeah, dude, for sure. And touring, we're all like, you know, there's, there's all this stupid jealousy. I remember feeling that way, man. I remember when I would hear, you know, this band's got this tour or this band's doing this well or whatever, and I remember like mentally being like, oh, well, fuck, they're not even that good or whatever. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, it would bring me down. It didn't affect anybody else but me. Yeah. These guys are out here doing the same shit I'm doing, you know, and if they're getting good breaks and they're they're doing well, I, sh- I should be happy for them, you know, uh, at the end of the day. And if nothing else, I should just kiss their ass so they could bring me along on a tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No joke. <laughs> but like, you know, every, every band out there is, is just grinding and some tours are better than others. Some years are better than others. And some albums bring better things than others. And that's just something that I've grown to realize and was like, I don't need to be jealous of people. We're all out here grinding, trying to do the same thing. At the end of the day, if you make friends and, you know, you you stick around and, and, hey, I made friends with this band two years ago. They're like, hey, we're doing a full headliner now. Who do you guys want to bring up? Oh, dude, fucking close your eyes. We did that tour with them two years ago. It was so much fun. Let's go hang out with those dudes again. Yep. Or color morale or so-and-so. You know, like, at the end of the day, it's all about, like, helping each other. At least that's what it should be. And that's what I try to strive to be, at least, like, the last couple of years of my oh, touring yeah. career. God, yeah. And, and, you know, not many people know it, but, you know, I've been, oh gosh, when we started the Call of Morale was 2007 and, uh, you know, when we started the band, you know, it, it's, it's so strange, but, uh, you know, we start the band, super great intentions, you know, like, let's just write music that could, you know, inspire somebody to do better in their day-to-day life. And then, you know, it snowballed real quick and, then it became this thing where we have to baby and take care of. And like you said, like, you know, grind out, you know, and make sure like you're relevant. And then it, you know, it kind of pulls you away from, you know, your, the integrity of what started the band. And then you kind of get reminded in little spurts. And that was something I realized, you know, 
our first tour being an A market tour and it was really great exposure and all that. But you know, your 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 roots of why you're doing it kind of got camouflaged, you know, and kind of pushed in the back of your head. And then, you know, doing the C market tours, God, that's where we flourished and that's where we felt a hundred percent ourselves. And that made us want to grind even harder because, you know, we're having these intimate sets with, you know, God, we're playing VFWs and coffee shops, like places we should never step foot in. <laughs> but, but, you know, that just kind of like it kept it kept lassoing and pulling us back in, you know, why we're doing it. And I loved that about our band is like, you know, we we're very fortunate to fit in with a lot of demographics and play a market tours, play the C market tours, you know, that meaning, you know, play house of blues one tour and the next tour you're playing in a church basement, you know, and <laughs> <Yep>. you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's really humbling because you're like, you know what? You're not going to be on a huge stage every day. That's not, that's not who we are. You know, we like, we, we tried to, you know, get little glimpses of the rock star life of what we all dreamed of doing. But, you know, at the end of the day, if there's like that one kid in the front, who's like, man, you guys really helped me shit. That's all we needed. You know? Yeah, for sure, man. I, I I'm totally with you. I still have, I saved a lot of memorabilia over the years. I, I guess I didn't realize it until I started like putting stuff up in my studio and whatnot, but I found letters, dude. I found letters from fans. They would leave letters for us at the merch table and like give to Mateo to give to us our, our merch guy, the beloved Mateo. Love um, Mateo. Oh, fucking, I love that dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he would give it to us after the show. And oh, man, I would get emotional, man. Some of these things, you know, it's, to be a part of something that, you know, you started off in your basement or in your bedroom and were just trying to just write riffs or you think of a hook and just try to build on it. And it had such a ripple effect to reach this one person that uh, it really hit them emotionally on some level to, to be a part of something that created something that could emotionally affect somebody like that is huge. At the end of the day, whatever religion beliefs put it aside, I don't give a shit. You know, uh, people that follow me know that though close your eyes was, you know, a, a faith-based band. Right. I'm not really faith-based anymore. Uh, it's pretty evident if you just are friends with me on social media, oh, God, yeah. you know, put all that aside, reaching somebody in doing what you do uh, in, and like just leaving a positive influence. That's all that matters, man. And, and I think the, I think what you did with the color morale and what y'all did, you know, in your, in y'all's career left a big influence, you know, and I know a lot of people that, when I announced that I was going to do this this next episode with you, I got messages and texts like, oh my gosh, dude, I love Justin. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> like that's why I'm going to have him on the show because I love that fucking guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm super flattered. You, you know how to make an old man's heart flutter. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. It, it's, it, it's fucking wild. Like, you know, touch back on what you were talking about. Like, just motivating somebody to do something cool or something a little bit better, you know, help somebody out, you know, just help. I think more, more so than anything, it's just helping somebody get a clear aspect on what they're doing. You know, we started off in the same thing, you know, faith-based band, you know, we're, we're all searching, you know, not quite sure what we believe in or why, why are we believing in it? And we all ended up, yeah, pretty much every single one of us pretty much, you know, kind of 
figured out life on our own. You know, let's just keep searching. And, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to claim like I'm super agnostic and right. leaning on the, the atheist side. And it's, it's not because of a church did this to me or, you know, it, you just see the world for what it is and you get older and you kind of like start to understand and see things in a different light. And I don't know. I, I'm not going to bag on anybody for believing in something, but you know, where I'm at in life, you know, it's, I'm, I'm very just, Hey, just do good shit. And yeah. And it'll have a domino effect. People start doing good shit to you. Why not? Yeah. And that's the way I see it, man. You know, just do good. Just that's it. If, if I don't care what your religion is, as long as it's not hurting anybody or bashing anybody or condemning anybody, then whatever, man, you can tell me that there's a frog in your pants and that's God cool like yeah. but the day you start making rules that i need to follow because you believe that there's a frog in your pants that's god then that's like that's the issue that's where <laughs> yeah. i have the issue you that's can believe whatever you want but yeah. you know don't force anybody else to believe it and don't judge them if they don't think you know that your frog in your pants is god <laughs> right and and i'm and i'm 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 full 100% vegan and i don't want people shoving frogs down my throat so right yeah totally <laughs> dude <laughs> <laughs> uh you're 100 vegan so what got you to that how old were you when you became vegan as a lot of people have done who are vegan we gave a little test run back in the day and you know i was having a lot of health issues after i, I uh walked away from the band had a couple ulcers and in my esophagus i had a couple fissures in my colon and the doctor's like hey i have some recommendations you know here's here's the pills but also you can try a different diet. And I was like, Oh, right on. And he's like, you know, why don't you try out, you know, gluten-free and, you know, maybe even dive into vegetarian veganism, see how it, how it goes. He's like, I'm not telling you, you should. Because at that time, you know, it was kind of frowned upon to like, Hey, don't eat this and start. Eating yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I kind of jumped into that and, that all that shit healed up like really fast. And I was like, damn, that's, there's some really cool benefits to it. And then, uh, then I, then I was broke for a long time. And, uh, so, you know, Taco Bell and McDonald's <laughs> that happened. And then I, I got to my heaviest weight and I was, God, I think I was pushing 270 and, uh, started, uh, dating my current girlfriend, Jasmine. And she, she's been, super health kick and she really motivated me to get back into it. And it's been, uh, this, this run has been since May of last year and I'm down almost 60 pounds and I feel great. A lot happier, you know, like there's a lot of benefits and I love it. That's great. That's awesome, man. Like I, I flirted. Well, I flirted. I was a vegetarian for about two years there. Okay. Um, Oh gosh, this was forever ago. This was, <laughs> I, Went to go see Rise Against at the Engine Room in Houston, Texas with Acline Trio and Death by Stereo. Oh, and so at, at that point in time, yeah, that was a killer show. Oh, God, at that yeah. point in time, Rise Against was pushing PETA 2. Like PETA 2 was like PETA's hardcore stepbrother, you know? Like PETA was like, you know, the NPR of vegetarianism and whatnot. Oh, God, yeah. PETA 2, there was a lot of hardcore punk bands, metal bands that were – uh, vegans or, or vegetarians. So PETA 2, they went to these this subgenre of music and, and scene and lifestyle and pushed it. 
So I bought some merchandise from the Rise Against show and it came with like a PETA 2 bag and free PETA stickers and a pan flip of why to go vegetarian or <laughs> vegan and this and that. Right. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do it. Uh, it's fucking chickens, man. You know, and not making fun of vegetarians, but I was just so gung-ho about it at that time, man. Oh, like I came sure. home. Within 72 hours, I became a militant vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> like, on the way to that show, I fucking stopped and got a cheeseburger from McDonald's. On the way back, I was like, man, fuck that, you know? Right, like, yeah. And that just goes <laughs> to show right there, like, the kind of impact a, a band can have. Yeah, absolutely, man, for sure. Rise Against, to me, uh, that's one of my favorite bands of all time. Their whole fucking... I, I can't think of a terrible album, but I can... My favorite album, Revolutions Per Minute, Siren Song and the Counterculture, Jesus Christ, changed my life, those two albums. And that Siren Song and the Counterculture was that album that they were touring when I to go see them. Ah. And so that's when they were pushing, you know, the PETA 2 thing really, really heavy. And so I, I stuck with it, man. I really did. I was, I, no cheat, you know, I was a vegetarian. Uh, I would I would fuck around with veganism here and there when I could, but I was also at that age where like I was at the mercy of my what my parents brought home for me from H E B. So I was like, you know, like they were cool enough to buy me Boca burgers, and um, I know the Impossible Burger from Burger King is fucking huge right now, but yeah. believe it or not, Burger King's always had a vegetarian burger. It's not like all televised, commercialized, but the vegetarian burger's always been there, and. I learned that off the PETA 2 DVD that I got from the Rising Against show. They're like, if you're in a band and want to be on tour, you know, this is a cool place. This is a cool place, blah, blah, blah. But try not to eat it too much, but it'll definitely help fill in those meals during the day. I respect it, man. So that's cool. That's awesome. And it's so cool to hear that that helped you physically, health-wise, man. That's the, it. that it was definitely a huge benefit for you, man. That's that's great. I'm, I mean, anything that makes you healthy and stick around longer for me to talk to you, I'm all for. Absolutely. I, I feel the same way. So, you know, g going back to to touring, you were in the band another two years after that tour with us. Yep. Is that right. right? Yep. Okay. And you were on that um, No Hope. Was that your last record? Yeah. No Hope was, was my last record uh, in the studio with them. And then uh, I think we toured it out, toured out the album cycle probably for another year. And that's when... Uh, you know, shit hit the fan for me. And, uh, you know, and, and I have no, I have no regrets or, you know, any like, ah, fuck me, you know, <laughs> but you know, you know, stuff happens, you know, with your family back at home and, and you got to make, make a call. And, you know, for me, you know, my, my mom and dad split up and, you know, mm. both my mom and brother were left at home and, you know, they're dealing with disabilities and, you know, financial strain. So, you know, I, I made the call. I was always raised to put family first, even though the guy who said family first is the one who left the family. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, and I, and I stuck with that, you know, I went with my gut and I was like, you know what guys, you know, I'm going to have to take a break for a while, maybe forever. I'm not sure how this is going to go. And, uh, you know, I, I went back home and, you know, helped my mom and brother out, you know, dealing with, you know, doing the, the foreclosure on the house and, you know, figuring out vehicles and getting jobs and making sure everything goes well. I, I stuck around. Yeah. Life, man. I mean, life, life came at y'all fast and you had to make a choice. 
Yeah, it was real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember it, it was kind of like one day, to, I mean, to me, you know, I said, I was, I was an, you know, I'm an outsider, right. but I, I just remember one day, you know, you, you were, you know, the music video and, and, and promotional tours and whatnot. And then I remember seeing something else of a live video and you weren't there anymore. And I was like, where's my fucking friend? Where's my <laughs> you know, and then right. heard the news that you were, I, I didn't know. I, I mean, obviously, I'm a, like I said, I'm an outsider, so I didn't know exactly what was going on, and not that it was any of my business, but all I knew is that you were out. You know, unfortunately, that's kind of a thing that happens in this in this business. You know, members change left and right; it's kind of a thing. Uh, but I I was genuinely bummed out, man, when I saw you when when I saw that you that you uh, that left the band. But I totally understand, man. I mean, you were you were you needed to handle life; you needed to step up, and and I think you made a good you know the the right choice, man. Right. And it's such a weird fucking thing. You know, it's not like quitting a job or like, you know, your boss is a piece of shit and you're like, fuck this place. I'm out. You know, like, <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. And fuck you're, you. Cool. you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it was such a weird fucking situation, you know, like, you know, towards the end, you know, I'm, I'm talking on the phone with my mom every night and I remember, uh, me and the boys were in uh, Denver, Colorado. We had just played a show and, you know, I got the call from my mom and she's freaking out, not knowing what the fuck to do. And I'm freaking out because I'm in Denver, Colorado, and they're back in Rockford, Illinois. And I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And I remember getting hit with my, my very first and really severe, like anxiety panic attack. And, uh, you know, you just hit that point where you, where you feel helpless and, you know, all I can do is just use your words. And that's like the worst thing you can have me do is use my words because I'm so quiet. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to that, like if I write it down and put it in a song, we're good. But like somebody's like, hey, here's my shit. Help me. And I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> uh good luck, dude. <laughs> yeah. Thumbs up, man. You got this. You know, and no, it it, it just hit me really hard and that's when I knew I had to make a decision and God, it was so weird leaving though the band, you know, it was just like you get well, home. Bet, Cause I mean, you're that's, you know, second family, man, you yeah. know, we were on the road for, you know, when you're in a band, especially like a band like ours, we're just a very tour heavy band. It becomes family, it becomes normal. And how crazy it is that that ad normal life becomes normal to us. That's wild. So yeah, I bet you it was like kind of a shock when you had to leave, man. Right. And and it's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's like, like honest, a big, huge culture shock. You know, you know, my situation's a little different than what yours is. You know, leaving, uh, close your eyes. You know, calling it and stuff like that. But you know, you're kind of pushed into doing that normal routine shit, and that was such a huge shocker for me. And you know, I'm sure it's the same with you, you know, you know, getting the family started, you know, getting married and having kids and, you know, it's, it's so different, you know? Yeah, definitely, man. It's, it's wild how, uh, not normal, normal life is for us. Yeah. <laughs> like no the idea, I remember thinking of the idea of getting married. I was like, fuck that. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh Susie and I, Susie and I have been together since oh shit i met her when she was 15 and i was like 16 or 17 and uh yeah it's wild i married my high school sweetheart that's uh, like 
the ultimate dream come true. You know, Zach and Kelly from Saved by the Bell. Like, <laughs> like yeah, but except like I'm Screech that got the Kelly. Like, <laughs> yeah. like really? Okay. You know, like yeah. she was she was such a such a cool like, you know, I was out, you know, doing the close your eyes thing and she was at home holding down the fort and I was really lucky, man. I'm still, I don't know what the fuck she's doing. I don't know why she's here with me still, dude, honestly. Yeah, I, uh, I got so lucky and I'm really happy that we had Ella together because now she's kind of stuck. Right. So it's way harder <laughs> for her to leave me. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to put this girl on lock. <laughs> yeah. No, but I remember the idea, like Susie got used to the idea of, okay, I'm going to be with this guy. He doesn't want any kids and he doesn't want to ever get married. But I love him, so I'm going to be with him. And I look back at it, and I'm like, what a fucking fool I was. <laughs> like, of course I'm going to get married. I fucking love this chick. And, oh, like, yeah. why wouldn't I want to see what we could create together as a family, you know? And um, it's wild, man. And just like you, man, you left because you had that had that inkling that you needed to help your family. You needed to be there for your loved ones, dude. And I totally get it. I respect that. And who, you know, I don't know anybody once who hears something like that, who would be like, no, you fucked up, man. No, hell no, dude. <laughs> like, fuck no. you. If you think that way. <laughs> made a choice. Super wrong. Fail. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shit, man. Look at you. No. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> like with me, I, I got to a point, man, where I was kind of just starting to get over it, man. You know, things are happening within the band close your eyes was coming down. We definitely peaked and it was tough to see that as uh, a member that's been in, you know, the band almost from the beginning. And I took it so seriously and it was my, my life at that point. And it was kind of hard. So it was taking a toll on me mentally, you know, it really was. And when I, I don't want to say when I got the chance to jump, I fucking jumped, but I got this opportunity that was huge. And that opportunity was my daughter. Uh, we were leaving for S- uh, South America. And that morning, my wife, you know, my alarm went off. My wife woke up and went to the bathroom to wash her face and whatnot. And I'm still trying to catch like 15 minutes extra sleep. And she screams. And I'm like, fuck, somebody broke in and, <laughs> you know, fucking got into whatever. Oh, God, right. I woke up just in a in a panic. And she's in the bathroom. And she's like, hey, I just pissed on this. Uh, we're pregnant. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's great. Let me calm down. I thought I was about to have to fucking kill someone. Right. Oh, my God. And what sucks, it's like, this is one of the best days of my life. I have to leave for Brazil in two hours. Oh, God, I know. Yeah, it was fucking brutal, man. It was, it tore my heart out. And I felt so bad for my wife, like the greatest day of her life. My wife grew up working in daycare and her parents owned daycare. So her dream was to like have a kid of her own. And so she finally, the day she finds out that her dreams come true, I got to go. And I won't be home for a couple of weeks. Right. And it sucked, man. I felt terrible. That's when I realized like, man, people, and this is the whole show. uh, People don't see behind the stage lights. I would talk to fans, you know, they come to me, dude, I'd give my left nut to do what you do uh, to be, I saw you on MTV. I saw you on Adult Swim. I saw you this. Like, dude, I would give my left nut to do what you do. You know, you're at home whenever you want. You get to see your girlfriend, parents, your own bed. Yeah. Uh, and I realized that all the anniversaries I, met, I missed with my wife and the birthdays and the holidays and all those, I did not want to miss a single day of my daughter's life. So that's when 
that's that's what did it, man. That's what did it. And luckily, the guys were cool with it. They were they were totally fine. They, were, they understood. And so I totally get what you're saying, man. Like you had a choice, and it was it was family, and it was you know you went with your gut, man. And I totally respect that, dude. And I, and I don't know anybody that wouldn't respect that. And then kind of like bouncing off that, it, it it's so weird how like like your real home life, you know, your home base reacts to it. They're like, oh my god, it's great to have you around. And then you kind of like rebuild your rapport with everybody. But then on the other end. You know, everybody from the tour world, it's so weird to watch. It's this really strange thing, but it keeps trucking on without you. And in that that was a that was a heavy realization, you know, when when I walked away. It was and it wasn't so much like you know, the famous thing and like people know who you are, or somebody wants to sign something, you know, like it, it was more so like my my brothers I've spent nine months out of the year for the past six years are like they're just they're still going. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they don't miss you or they don't want you there, but you know, the fucking life moves on, you know? And yeah, that, that hit me hard, you know, sitting at home, you know, super pumped and proud that they're like doing bigger things. You know, they're jumping on warp tours. They're, they're getting, we're getting our song our old songs and new, their new songs on like, uh, you know, MTV and, you know, a Wiz Khalifa commercial for his new vape. Like what the fuck, you know, like, <laughs> you know, shit's happening. But, you know, it, it's going on without you. And like, you know, there's some people who miss you and they, they'll hit you up and, you know, leave nice, you know, messages and comments on social media and things keep going, you know, and it, it took me a, a, a hot minute to kind of like understand, like, they're moving on, you got to move on to do anything successful in your life. You just got to keep trucking. You know, I, I try to put that same grind I had on tour with my grind at home. God, it's it's tough, but you know it it works and it's working. Yeah, well, that's the cool thing, man. You know, people people see something like you and I did, and we're like, "Wow, that's the mountaintop!" And now you're doing this, like, dude, it's it's a lateral move, man. Uh, Absolutely. You know, it, it's not like, oh, uh, he, he used to be famous or he used to do this, he used to do that. I'm like, yeah, I did, but that doesn't mean like. My life is shit now. Like that doesn't mean your life is shit now, man. You right. you know, like I am I am fucking raising a family. Like I'm still doing cool shit. Like right. Right. <laughs> whether whether your 15-year-old head can comprehend that raising a family is cool shit is not my problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the way, you know, like it's we didn't step down. Like it's a total lateral move, man. Like, you know, like with me with this idea of a podcast, like who the fuck am I? Like, I, like I felt compelled to tell my story and share other people's stories of what it's like being on the road, what it's really like, not in front of the stage lights of what you see. I had this idea of sharing. This is what happens. It's, it's all that fun. And it's no fun at all. It fucking reels and it fucking sucks all at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. And it's cool. And you're still doing cool shit. Uh, Absolutely. you're, you're still doing things, uh, home and home and lost. Yeah, no, it, that, that's funny. It's like home and lost was like a, a side thing when I'm at home from touring, you know, I started in 2009 and we had just really started getting on the road full time with, uh, call of morale. And, you know, and I just did some acoustics shit, you know, when I was at home, you know, legitimately my first, my first show was at a Starbucks and awesome. it was packed. It was packed. <laughs> And all the baristas are looking at all these emo kids like, what the fuck is happening? Didn't know I worked at Hot Topic, you know. 
They loved you it know, though. All those all those emo kids are buying chai lattes left and right. No, you know all of them were getting hot chocolates. <laughs> hot chocolate. Extra marshmallows. <laughs> yep. I'm over here like, yeah, let me get a, a soy venti cappuccino with an extra shot because I'm old. <laughs> no, but yeah, so doing home and loss, you know, that's still I still had that after Colin Morrell, you know, kept going I, and I walked away and it was like at least I have this thing, you know, it, it's all me and it's not the same, but you know, it, it's an outlet, you know, it, it kind of got to that point where it's like, shit, like I can write a hundred percent of what I want to talk about now, you know, write lyrics about like my personal experiences rather as opposed to like, Hey, let's all five of us kind of put something together. And then, you know, it's, it's a, in general kind of vague message, but you know, kind of works for anybody, you know, now it's like, shit, you know, like I've been struggling with depression and anxiety for the past 10 years. I can actually talk about this now, you know, and I was having a really bad problem with alcohol and drugs for a while. Like I can talk about that openly and freely now, you know, like I'm at a place in my life where I I don't have a worry about letting a fan down because of what I'm talking about and actually being able to come clean about certain things. Like, no, this is like therapeutic for me and it's not meant to make somebody happy it's it's here to it's an outlet for me and i know that a lot of people go through the same shit i know how how music is so powerful and if like i said before if one person hears it and it motivates them to do anything positive we're back full circle again that's so interesting to me going back on what you said like you no longer have to hide what you you know whether you're having problems with drugs or alcohol or any kind of any any issue uh, was that was it really like that? Like in the color morale, was it all like shh, 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 like keep it behind fucking closed doors? You know, because it was See, for close your eyes, and so right. that that really like interests me that we weren't the only guys. Yeah, it, it was super strange. You know, like when we started the band, we we're all still like goody two shoes. I think I had like seven beers in my life before we started touring. Uh, I I thought about you know, smoking pot and shit. And, you know, I, I dived in here and there, like before the band, but you know, nothing crazy. But once we started the touring, we kind of cleaned up like all of us across the board. We like, we didn't have any rules or like limitations or anything, but we, you know, it's just like unspoken thing. Like we're just going to stay clean, stay sober. Like, let's just hammer it out and take it serious. I think it was more towards the end when I, when I really started drinking a lot and, you know, it was, it was a, a combination of, me missing home and being out on the road and it's exhausting and it's draining and combination with what was going on at home with my family, you know? So like that, that played a lot into it. And I think it was probably a year after I left that I started really just drinking and doing stupid shit way too much. Mm -hmm. Too familiar. That's wild, man. (laughs) Yeah. When we first, when we first started, like when we started touring heavily, I should say, how about that? I drank and there was another member of the band that drank. And this whole idea of like, we can't make our young audience stumble. You know, I smoked at the time. We don't want to show them that, you know, we're smoking cigarettes or drinking. Like at shows, we had to have this like persona of just clean, like you said, across the board. Right. Like we kind of like hid those things like, oh yeah, drinking, blah, 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 smoking, blah, blah, blah. There was, you know, a couple a couple members and stuff that it was definitely kind of a good idea that we kept sober. We had this tour rule, no drinking on tour, which looking right. back at it now, it's like, dude, if I'm a responsible adult, like, fuck you, man. I'm going to have a beer if I want, you know, like, I understand maybe not having a beer at playing at 
Pioneer Baptist Church on the Wednesday night. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we have an off day or something. Yeah. And eventually got to that point. Like, oh, an off day, we could have a beer. But it, it just got to the point where, like, other members of the band were, like, judging us uh, who wanted to have a drink once in a while. And it got so high and mighty and stuff. Uh, you know, we all look back at it and laugh now and talk about it. And it's it's all funny now. But at that time, it was really like it kind of made this like a dividing line in the band. Uh, right. where it's like, oh, so-and-so has more vices than us. You know, <laughs> yeah. we kind of have to keep so-and-so in check or make sure Sonny doesn't have any beers or make sure he doesn't smoke in front of the venue. He has to be behind the trailer in shame, <laughs> you know? And so it kind of created this like weird divide. I, I I got it to a point, but after, after a while, like we're in our mid twenties to our late twenties, fuck off, man. You know, like after a show, I'm going to go drink under the street light in front of the fucking laundromat. If I want, like, right. Yeah. Like no. Grown ass man. Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, like it kind of got to my head, like all, all that fucking bullshit of like, well, we need to stay clean for our fans and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. put up this persona that's not even it's not us we're we're giving a version of ourselves to people which who the fuck doesn't but at the same time i felt like i'm not being myself not saying i'm a fucking you know alcoholic i drink all the time no i'm just saying like i was so i was this different version of myself constantly while i was in close your eyes that i no longer i disconnected and it made this like sunny cye is very different from sunny vega and it sucked because I felt like I had to be – if I left the house, I was a totally different person. And it's like a lot of my closest friends would, would make fun of me. They still you know, give me shit now. But like behind closed doors, I'm like, fucking hey, let's get wrecked. Shot time. You know? <laughs> like, I was this totally different dude. What bugged me out though is like people would see somebody like that and think they're not a good enough person to be a role model. But you know, during the day at this show when – I'm very interested in hearing their problems and, and what they're going through because I think maybe I could help them because I went through similar things. You know, like that doesn't that doesn't make me any less qualified to try to help people. Uh, me, what I do on a Saturday night when I'm at home with a couple of my friends in my house doesn't make me less qualified. Doesn't make anybody less qualified. Absolutely. And there was this whole stigma about that in in, in close in the close your eyes camp that really fucking bummed me out and. Uh, it really divided us. Uh, we still talk about it, like me, Mateo, Bobby, Sam, Shane. Like we, we all talk about how at that time there was a, a, a divide, and it got to some of us worse than others. It really got to our heads, and before you know it, there was judgy eyes, you know, over something like taking a shot on a Saturday night after you already played the show and everything. You know what I mean? Like it sucked, man, and it, it's something that we look back at now and and kind of laugh at, but at the same time. It cost us a lot of good quality fellowship, and I don't mean that as in religious fellowship, but just fellowship as in like being with our brothers, being ourselves, and being open to one another. Because it got it made this wall and and judge thing where like if I'm having an issue, I don't even want to talk to the guys because I, I what if they kick me out? What if I'm no longer good enough to be in this band and they don't see me as as a, a righteous righteous enough fucking dude, you know? And that played a toll on me too. You know, and, and uh, it kind of fucked me up thinking that some of my best friends in the world, you know, I'm with this, we, I'm with these dudes more than my own family and my wife. I don't feel comfortable enough to be open with any kind of mental illness or any kind of struggles that I was personally going through. Um, 
my atheism, you know, I, I've been dealing with that for a long time. And I had a lot of questions while even towards the end of close your eyes. And I f- did not feel comfortable enough bringing it up to, to the guys. Yeah. And when I would here and there kind of like, you know, show it a little bit. I always, you know, what do you hear? Uh, pray about it. You got to have faith. And so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, <no>. right. <laughs> great. And so, you know, it got to a point where I no longer even felt like a, a real member of my own band. Like I felt like an outsider that was living in my own head constantly. And that takes a toll on whether it's your mental health performance, your personal relationships with the band and outside the band. Yeah. Uh, so that's crazy, man. That's wild that you brought that up. Cause I, I obviously, as you heard, I am totally with you on that shit, dude. And I doubt we're the only ones that's wild. Oh, absolutely. And it's just so, it's so crazy. You know, as you talk about it, you know, I'm reminded of a lot of things on the road and it was, yeah, we kind of had that, like, like I said before, it was, it was unspoken, but you know, I, I think I was the only one in the band at the time who smoked cigarettes and, you know, I, I would kind of hide out just to make sure nobody saw, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Just kind of, you know, I don't want to bum some kid out. Same with the drinking, like, yeah, for sure. A- I mean, like I said, it's definitely your audience, man. Like, I'm not going to go to a kid's birthday party and smoke and drink by the fucking air castle, <laughs> you know? But if we're playing fucking House of Blues and I'm in the back loading out, like, come on, you're going to give me shit for having a small pint and a cigarette? <laughs> yeah, no joke. And then coming out of that, the band kind of getting more comfortable with who we are as ourselves in a band, you know, and we started being a little a little more fluid and transparent, you know. Um I remember it was it happened when uh we were recording No Hope and Garrett came to me with some lyrics for a song that he was working on and uh he goes I just want you to see what you think and I'm like, "Oh, okay." So I, I start reading it and it said uh some days you're the pigeon, some days you're the statue. Some days you're meant to sit back and observe while the world turns around and just takes a shit all over you. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty bold. <laughs> you know, like like the, the craziest thing we've ever said in the song was damn or hell. And it was yeah. the appropriate context. And I'm like, Oh, that, that's, that's out there. Okay. And, uh, you know, hey, POD said, fuck, you know, why not? dude? Hey, yeah, they did. Didn't they? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, God, POD. Love it. Gosh. All <laughs> fucking sunny. Full sunny, man. I'm just Sunny Jr. I'm not half the sunny that sunny is. You'll always be the main sunny to me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, we, we start he started laying down the vocal tracks for uh the song Silver Lining, and uh that's when I kind of I realized shit, Garrett's feeling and have some has some some belief issues and what what to believe and what not to believe uh, is the same thing as me and then we started talking more and you know start started talking to steve and steve's like yeah yeah i mean i kind of don't know and i'm like this is kind of a, a monumental moment for the band yeah dude I, I imagine that's hella fucking liberating i just said hella fuck me but yeah liberating <laughs> <laughs> edit no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> that's a fucking edit I don't want to lay, let him lay out that realness of lameness about myself. Fuck that. Yeah, just keep saying hello while you're using your pogs. <laughs> listening to No Doubt in the background. Yeah. Oh, God. Fuck me. We're the same person. 
Speaking of, if we're the same person, your bladder, is it on my, yes. is it on my, yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, I got so bad. <laughs> right, time. So on my last episode, I was drinking White Claws and I'm now downgrading to Keystone Lights. <laughs> hey man, that's cheap. It's like, I bought the 15 pack for ten ninety nine. That's so cheap. It's stupid cheap, right? That's so good. It's, it's a good investment. It tastes like shit, but I mean. I don't, really, I don't really taste it. I just chug it. Yeah, it tastes just like the pennies it costs to buy it. That should yeah. be their new slogan. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is the beer that people who drink Coors Light piss out. Yeah, that's it. I'm okay with it, though. It's fucking sterile, and it gets me, yeah, it gets but- me to work in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Oh, good shit. What's a hit to the lips? Oh, yes. Sucks down your gullet. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where where were we? We were talking about. Um, oh yeah, the realization and and the recording. Yeah, with the, with with the lyrics. Yeah, Garrett had showed showed me those lyrics, and he's like, "What do you think? Is it too much? Is it weird? Is it awesome or what?" And I'm like, "Dude, I'm feeling the same way." And you know, we started talking throughout the band, and we're like, "Fuck, man, we're all going through some shit." And that was a really big moment for us, and that's ultimately what made the record happen was all of us just coming clean about how we felt about life and, you know, and it was just so strange. There's so many moving parts like this. No hope should have never happened. And I, and I say that for many different reasons because we were going through a member change. Uh, I had been on a break for almost a year and I just gotten back and we're all struggling with our faith and our beliefs and there's shit at home that that we're trying to handle but can't handle it appropriately and so we all just kind of hit that there's so many factors playing into why that record shouldn't have happened and i think the fact that we all like had that moment of of clarity and honesty and we just kind of like either this is going to happen or it's never going to happen so we made a choice and we made it happen. And I think that's, that's what sets that pe- record apart from all the others. Uh, it was just so honest. It was the first time we were just blatant, honest at our, at our breaking point. Like this is, this is who we are. You know, when, when we started putting out albums, it was really refined and clean and super hopeful with no negative undertones right second record was like us getting comfortable with with what we're doing and how we how we write but then by no hope the third record it is just like it's it's dirty you know it's just raw and it's honest you know well, dude i was fucking blown away i remember uh and i i didn't get to listen to it on release it was a little later and i don't remember why i think i just never got a chance to really sit through the whole record and i really wanted to yeah and when i finally did I I was completely blown away, man. No Hope is probably my favorite record by y'all. Why it's my favorite record is exactly what you explained. It was it was gritty, it was real. You guys like I could tell that y'all were letting it out, man. Yeah. Y'all weren't heading or holding anything back and it it really showed and I fucking loved it, dude. I was blown away. I mean, I was in love. Like, I, I was jealous. I was like, I want to be in that fucking band, man. <laughs> Close your eyes. Yeah. yeah. There's been many bands I listen to where I'm like, God 
damn, that's fucking good. And I'm like, I wish I was in that fucking band. And then lo and behold, you're like, you have a band, you fucking moron. (laughs) Right. Just write a good song, you idiot. (laughs) Fucking solid. I think I tweeted about it, actually. Uh, I think I was like, hey, I finally got a chance to listen to No Hope. Holy fuck. Like, if you have not checked this album out, check it out. Back when I used to tweet, I don't have a Twitter anymore. Yeah, fuck Twitter. Too much. It's too much, man. (laughs) It's like I had a Facebook, I had an Instagram, I had a Twitter, I had a fucking whatever it got to a point where I actually had a friend, Nick, from Canada, who was running my Instagram for a long time. Oh, badass. Like, fucking rock star. Filter <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my messages. <laughs> uh, this is what I want the world to see today, Nick. If you could post this and then uh, just get get back with anybody who sends a message. Tell them thank you for being a fan and keep supporting the shows. I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> God, I'm now just Facebook and Instagram, man. And my wife's like, dude, you need to get on every platform if you want to push this. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, man, you know how we talked about earlier, man, like what you do now, it's for you. It's all you. What this is for me is me. It's all me. Like I'm going to do this, whether it's just you listening. Like if it's just Justin is my only fucking guy who downloads the podcast (laughs) and leaves a review. Hey, that was really good. That was a good one. I liked it. That's, that's all I care, man. Like, I don't give a fuck. This is all for me. I'm not chasing any kind of clout. I'm not chasing any kind of notoriety. Uh, the fact that I got in a sponsorship or endorsement is, you know, cool enough. Uh, I think I get one cent per play. So <laughs> I think so Easy. far I've made like $4 and something cent. That's so good, though. That's so uh, good. <laughs> How great is that, though? You're you're just shooting the shit with some dudes you know. <laughs> It's beer money. Yes. You're like, I can drink for free now. I'm pretty much like, it's going to just buy the beer that I drink while we're while actually making this show. So I'm, is, if I'm coming out even, I'm fucking gold, dude. Dude, it was all worth it. Yes. I used to be stoked that we got paid gas money on tour. And oh, I just, I'm stoked getting paid beer money now. And you don't have to travel to do this show. It's perfect. Exactly, dude. It's fucking great. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, same boat for me. Like I, I got, I, I just strip it down to Instagram and Facebook now. It's just, it's so much, you know. And ultimately, what what made me get rid of Twitter is the only reason I had a Twitter to begin with was to, I was, I was trying to get one of my tweets on, uh, on uh, Jimmy Fallon's show. Oh yeah. <laughs> So like uh, my favorite tweets and uh, yeah. if Jimmy Fallon actually ever hears this podcast episode, I would just like well, to say I'm sure he will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, no, if, yeah. I just wanted, I just wanted Jimmy to know, like, I'm a funny guy. You're going to read my tweet and you're going to be like, dude, that's hilarious. What if I got him on the show and you'd see how cool I am? That's all. <laughs> Just that's the all. dream is getting on on fucking Jimmy's couch, dude. That's the dream. <laughs> that's it. Just a, t- a fifteen second segment where I just be like, "That was my tweet." Lol. <laughs> and then that's my 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 next my next move in my career. That's 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 a solid fifteen years of income. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fifteen years of beer money. <laughs> just. 15 years of solid butt ice money <laughs> dude you know i'm getting butt ice oh fuck i love butt ice i know it's such a shit beer dude but i love it i'm not gonna <laughs> lie <laughs> i'm getting 24 ounce cans for life <laughs> <laughs> 
if I could, if if Bud Ice is listening, if I could get a Bud Ice endorsement, <laughs> oh my god, I will fucking tattoo a Bud Ice logo on my goddamn neck, dude. Straight up, beautiful. I will do it, dude. I I just need to get sponsored by uh, Rogaine. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd be famous again. It's yeah, just, for the sure. The reason why it's not working is because I'm bald, dude. Do you okay? You remember uh, you remember Ron from uh uh. Stick to your guns. Oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ron, Ron, it's actually Tim, our drummer, our, our drummer from the second album. That's his brother. No, I did not know that. Yeah, how we got Tim is when when uh, David got out of the band. We were looking for a drummer, and Stick to your guns. They were like, "Hey, Ron's brother plays drums," and so that's how Stick to your guns hooked us up with Tim. Uh, and so for for a while there, Stick to your guns and close your eyes were like step brothers. <laughs> Right, kind of like a, a small community. Yeah, and so we we did a couple tours together, and um, on one of the shows, Tim was playing "Song for the Broken" and like did a cool move where he like mid playing he switched with George to stick to your guns drummer. So George finished out our set with that song, and you know we we used to fuck around with each other all the time. Uh, I think Ron had a KFC uh, tattoo. Or a Chick-fil-A tattoo. He had one of them. Oh, okay. Or maybe Tim had the Chick-fil-A tattoo and Ron had a KFC tattoo. So they'd do this move. <laughs> they'd go up and be like, you know, we'd all order food. Let's, get, let's say he had, a, he had the KFC tattoo. And he'd say, hey, what would you give me if I tattooed KFC on me? The front, you know, clerk, he's like, shit, I don't know, man. I'd probably give you a couple pieces of chicken. And he'd like slam his leg on the fucking <laughs> on the counter. Showing his tattoo is like, yeah, I'll take the number one. <laughs> and it would work. That dude would get free fucking food. <laughs> I don't get it how that works. I've toured with so many dudes with fast food restaurants tattooed on them. And they're all like vegan dudes now. With They're stuck with a KFC tattoo. <laughs> like, these are my friends and I love them. <laughs> that shit's funny to me. You know, like 10 years ago, like, fucking let me get a famous bowl. <laughs> I got the tattoo, dude. Fucking I'll rep KFC till the day I die, bro. And then fast forward and now they're like outside of like chicken farms with, with you know, signs <laughs> and protesting. And I love it. That's awesome. There's nothing better than that. I love it. <laughs> I have, I think my most regretted tattoo is I was one of those fucks that got the nautical star above his elbow. On oh, the you're back. my hero. Oh, God. I have it, man. I got it. It was my first tattoo. I turned the day I turned 18, I paid 60 bucks for it. And the yeah. lines don't even line up the point. <laughs> I can post the picture. I will post a photo and there you could see a line from the center of the nautical star. That's supposed to go to a point. Doesn't even go to the point. It goes to the side. Like whoever oh, fucking did it. Oh God. Fucking Abilene weird. tattoo artist at that point. Ugh. <laughs> I was stoked. I was so stoked. I was like, hell yeah, man. I look like I'm in the used. Oh, oh God. Yeah. If, if I, I, mine's not much worse. I have the one above my elbow, but it's the sparrow. No. Oh, I got that one too. God, everybody <laughs> and their mom has that. Oh fuck. Fuck me. <laughs> I did that. Back when I used to be able to grow bangs. Gosh. Bangs were so cute. Oh, they were fucking dope, right? All the bracelets, bangs. I had uh both sides of my lip pierced. Oh yeah, I me too. Fucking hot, man. Oh, hell really yeah. good. I mean MXPX was my favorite band. And... Yeah, dude. Oh, I love MXPX. Oh, here's what sucks, dude. Brett, he could kill a fucking band. He could kill it for me. Yeah. He would get a new record 
and just play it. And the thing is, like, Brett drove most of the time, like 99% of the time. So the rule was whoever's driving gets gets the music or whatever. And so he played, he would, like, he bought a, that whatever MXPX record that came out and then played their entire discography at that point all the time, like weeks. And it, it sucks because I love MXPX and he killed it for me. I couldn't listen to MXPX for like four years. Seriously, no, I'm I not can, even I, kidding, dude. I could not do it. I, I, I typically do that to myself. <laughs> I'll play some records out until I'm like, God, this is awful. And then, like, <laughs> is it though? <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Like, I can get to a point where I'm like, all right, that's enough. I'll listen to something else. But I can get back to it a couple months later. This, I was completely like, I can't. Like, somebody start playing it, and I'm like, stop. Just fucking turn it off. And I love. Like, I got hooked on the Renaissance EP by MXPX. You remember that? Oh, God. It was their only release that was on Fat Records. Yep. I loved that EP, man. Fucking yeah, that was, that was one of the best things they ever put out. Absolutely. Yeah. That was that was a good record. And then Four Years Strong, they released that album, like their their like debut huge album with Bada yeah. Bing with the Pipe or whatever. Yep. He played <clears throat> the fuck out of that where I could not handle it anymore. And I loved that record. And I just for about two years I couldn't I anytime I'd come on, I'd be like, turn that shit off. I can't fucking do it. I I'm trying to remember what was played the most on, on tour. I it's probably Kanye West. <laughs> I Kanye mean West. I, I kept playing that record, uh 808s and Heartbreaks. I don't know what it was. It was just so chill <laughs> and ambient. And I was like, Yeah, this is like I pictured me driving the van at night, like I'm in a music video, like vibing out, like I'm in this music video Hell right yeah, now, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Driving down the street to Miami in this fucking big ass van and trailer. Yeah. And I got the seat leaned back. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's either like a pop or what? Hip hop goes pop punk record covers. Oh, I'm so happy we never did one of those. <laughs> oh, man. It was huge. It was like an epidemic. They did uh, oh, yeah. punk goes pop, punk goes. Rap, crunk. punk goes crunk. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Punk goes pop, and there's punk. so novelty. But the thing oh. is, at that point, it, they those fucking things were killing it. They were fucking killing it. Punk goes acoustic. Oh, uh, my personal favorite was punk goes hymnal. Hymnal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was uh, Carnifex's cover of uh, "Wade in the Water" that did it. For me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> God. Fuck. Yeah, we we never ended up on that. You know, it's funny. Uh, only people like from around Abilene, Dallas area know this. This was before we were signed or anything. We used to play uh, Kelly Clarkson since you've been gone, uh-huh. and like six months after we started playing it, a day to remember released it and was huge. <laughs> yep. But I kid you not. Like at that point in time, we hadn't even like a day to remember. Were, were, you know, that was kind of the beginning of, of their career. Like they were getting known. They were just signed to victory. Right. But we hadn't heard of a day to remember yet. And so we were like, Oh, y'all trying to copy a day to remember. And that just shit followed us for the rest of our fucking careers. <laughs> <laughs> we were always, even our first record for fans of rise against and a day to remember yep. second record as seen on tour with a day to remember for fans of a day to remember. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then, you know, they were fucking cool enough to take us on tour and put us in the beginning of whatever music video and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, man, those dudes were cool. I loved them. They're fucking dope. I still talk to Josh, but that shit was just, oh, it just followed us the entire career. We're just another I remember uh, somebody in an interview said like, yeah, they're a data remember junior. It's like, Oh, oh God. man. Damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Why? <laughs> <laughs> 
but to like goes to show like how how small how small of a world the the touring world is it's like we played with uh this guy named kevin and he was in a band called four letter lie out of minnesota and all of a sudden kevin's in a day to remember day to remember yeah i'm like fucking badass good for you man and (laughs) he was doing his thing we were doing our thing you know like whenever we got to see each other it was cool but it's cool seeing like people split off and figure it out you know it's really neat yeah well i mean we'll look at like we were just talking about ron a little while ago when ron left stick to your guns he joined close your eyes and then from close your eyes went to comeback kid right it's so funny like there's so much scene incest scene incest <laughs> like, <laughs> Truly. Yeah. like there were so many times like i mean we had members of the like we had darren from the overseer playing close your eyes for a oh, while okay. yeah uh when we needed a fill-in we had nelson who was in sovereign strength and sleeping giant play for us for a few shows on tour uh daniel from gideon play with us for a few shows on tour you know uh i almost did vocals for shy halud on i think they just released that um oh fuck uh i can see the album cover it's like a hand reaching the sun oh yeah uh they just released that and matt and i were talking about it and he was like would you be down to do a two-week run and at the time i was like are you fucking kidding me like i could I could fucking do vocals for Shy Halud. Are you kidding me? Like, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like half the reason why I started dating my wife was because of Shy Halud. Uh, That's she incredible. Was, she was a super indie chick. Like Modest Mouse was huge at this time. She was into that, you know, uh, that whole indie indie scene. And I was this punk hardcore kid, you know, and I was looking through her CDs when, you know, we were just dating and I saw Shy Halud CD and I was like, you know who Shy Halud is? She's like, yeah, somebody introduced me to him and I really liked it. So I bought that album. And that's when I was like, huh, maybe I can fuck around with this chick. Like maybe, right. maybe this could work out. You know? yeah, and so, yeah. And so years later, you know, become boys with them, tour with them. And Matt's like, would, are you, would you be interested in doing a two week run in a couple months? Fucking already had screen the prayer uh, in line. And so I was like, I can't do it. And this is the most bummed out I've yeah. been in a long time. Like I really like I, looking back at it. I me now I would have been like fuck that tour like I mean I had a chance to front Shy Halud for two weeks or whatever. Yeah, like same same here. I mean I I filled in uh, a to a European tour for uh, playing guitar for Attack Attack and that that was fun. That was my first time in Europe too. That was that was a really good time. Love those guys and you yeah, know man. Caleb uh, the singer has bare tooth now. They're fucking killing it. They're doing yeah great. they are. Aren't they like on Red Bull Records or something like yeah, that? Red Bull Records, and that, yeah. I think that just opened up a lot of doors, you know. And that well, was he's really- the I met I met a couple of those dudes, the Attack Attack dudes, but I don't know what happened. Somehow we got a hold of him. We never met them before, and he was like, "Is that my phone? That's my phone. Sorry about that." You're it's a reminder to brush my daughter's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Get on it. Sorry, I gotta go. We gotta end this. I gotta go, man. No. <laughs> gotta brush my daughter's teeth sorry no um yeah you know little Ella's going to bed with dirty teeth tonight whatever fuck it (laughs) but like i don't know how how it happened because we we hadn't played with them before you know i take it back actually i think we did i think we played with them at uh in dallas once they were with falling in reverse and we jumped on that show and caleb checked us out and was like tight (laughs) and like he and shane hit it off Anyways, we were in his neck of the woods, and so he offered for us to chill, you know, at his house. And he was a really nice dude, man. I'm jealous that you got to tour with him, man. Oh, good, yeah. And, you know, and those dudes are 
third family to me. Like, yeah, they, no they, shit. They helped me out through, through a lot of shit. You know, I was going through a lot of stuff and <laughs> they were always there. And I'll, I'll never forget that. They were super cool. And then, uh, you know, with sharing band members, you know, Steve, uh, our drummer, he's drumming for a census fail right now. Yeah. Dope. <laughs> It's fucking it's crazy. Such a good fit. Such a good fit. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. And I remember seeing that. I was like, I didn't know. I, I mean, I didn't hear the announcement that he was in Census Fail. I just remember seeing a picture or a poster, and I was like, fucking Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is he doing there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That kind of that kind of just fell on him at, at the right place, right time, kind of th- kind of deal. And he needs to to never stop playing drums. Yeah, he's a fucking killer drummer, dude. To 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 know that my favorite drummer was was in my band is beyond me. You know, <laughs> like, he's and, he's ridiculous. And some he's some people are like, you know, that's a little cocky. That's a little cocky, Justin. You know, your, your favorite drummer's in your band. I'm not cocky. I'm I, I'm stoked. <laughs> You're a realist, dude. You're a realist. Yeah, super stoked. And uh, you know, uh, Devin, our guitarist, he he went on to tour manage for Asking Alexandria, which is no shit. I did not yeah. know that pretty fucking dope you know he's he's walking around all the time with the walkie-talkie telling people what to do and it's fucking dope man i I remember those dudes they were intimidating as fuck oh god yeah it's a whole different (laughs) whole different animal if you have a walkie-talkie and you walk up to me to tell me to do something i'm fucking doing it like like, oh just stand over there yes sir i'm over here (laughs) yeah for sure that's the truth. Like somebody could walk through my front door with a walkie-talkie on his shoulder and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna need you to load your guitar in the back, stay back there. I'm gonna steal your TV, your computer, and all your other shit." Uh, I'll be like, "Yeah, you're right. I didn't. Just, I didn't see the day sheet, and it's my fault." When's loading? I know this is the dumb question. I just, I'm sorry. When is loading again? <laughs> oh God, I do not miss that part. I don't miss. Yeah. The like bus call is at two o'clock, you know, in the morning and we have a press, uh, a press thing here or a in-store signing here. Don't get me wrong, man. A lot of that stuff was like opportunities to meet fans and supporters, which I did love. Yes. But that part, other than that, like small part, the rest of it of like getting from point A to B, it was just like, gosh, come on, man. Like, it would be a lot sometimes, you know, yeah, yeah. but that then was... that was the dream. <laughs> like, right, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm complaining about the dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. No, no, no joke though. But like, you know, you, you go from touring, you know, in your van, playing the small venue, hanging out with dudes, no schedule. You just kind of wing it. Like that was beautiful to me. Yeah. Like I love that. And then you start getting more exposure and then you have more responsibilities to keep your, your company going, your business going, you know, and you get the schedule and you get, you know, the promotional shit, the God, all the press and you got to be here that time, this time, you know, and it it got weird, you know? And I think that was one of uh, Garrett's Garrett's things too. I I don't want to speak for him, but you know, that's, that's where we kind of like, saw eye to eye on some things it was like man this is getting really obnoxious and like it's kind of forced it's not it's not very artist like anymore well once we once we signed our fucking music and band name away that was it it was theirs yep Yep, that's it and they tell us to go fucking do a signing at the local fye store in the mall at wherever that's where we have to be right 
it was cool because like I said, it, it gave us an opportunity to meet those people and those fans. But at the same time, it's like, man, I would have met them if they came to the show. I would have loved to meet them yeah. then. And even if they didn't pay for it, and that happened many times, man, you know, where, oh man, it's not an all ages venue. My son really wanted to come see you. We went out to the fucking front and, you know, sign and take pictures with this young kid because he couldn't yeah. go inside and watch us because it wasn't an all ages show. You know, those are the times that I lived for, man. God, that was awesome. Like that was legit. Yeah. Like it would make the entire tour for me. Yeah, you, you get you get the opportunity to go to go to bed knowing you did something great. You know. Yeah, yeah. And, like all day was completely fucking shot, but that fifteen minutes you gave that kid, that that kid's gonna remember that for the rest of his life. Right. I think that's that should be every artist's responsibility. It's one of those things like people push and put everything on hold just to be able to to see your craft face-to-face you know and that'd be you know if you're a painter and you have a a art show or you know a band music whatever tattooing whatever the case may be like people go go through a lot of shit just to be able to see you and yeah fuck man like we're just a bunch of fucking idiots you know (laughs) we're trying to figure it out too you know like you got like these kids are like skipping school leaving school early and getting in trouble with their parents for the next month just to be able to come to the show like yes god damn yes i'm like man like these kids tell you that and you know we 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 got to that point where we're honest we're like fuck like (laughs) like man hey just just so you know like if you pursue what i pursued just know that like you're, you're going to have a blast. You're going to have the time of your life, but you're going to hit like 35, 36 years old. And you're going to be like, fuck, what do I do? What the fuck? Shit, I, what, what did I do? What do I do now? Because <laughs> kind of in some ways, like I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, that's the thing, man. You know, like I tell people like, oh, fuck. It was just that's all that mattered was getting to the point of just touring nonstop, getting on MTV, getting in video games, getting your fucking music in a movie. Like and once we got to that point, it's like, now what? Like, oh, well, keep doing it. okay? but my fucking my my living (laughs) relies on this 15 year old kid. He's right. buying my album this year, but next year he's going to buy a dubstep album. Right. <laughs> my fucking income Fuck. relies on this. Right. <laughs> Me being able to put food in my belly relies on this bass head. Like this kid who <laughs> next year he's going to be tripping on acid at a festival. He's going to be at Coachella. <laughs> he's like who the fuck is the color or close your eyes dude i'm over here watching fucking hologram tupac (laughs) like (laughs) me being able to pay my fucking electric bill relies on whether that kid still thinks i'm cool enough to buy music in a t-shirt from (laughs) god no shit and it's terrifying, fucking God. terrifying. One minute you can be so relevant and doing so well, and then <laughs> next, next year you're you're nobody. Yeah, that's the music scene. That's what it is, and people don't realize it. People are like, "No, you just got to keep putting out good shit. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you could be putting out the best shit in your scene. What matters is yeah. those kids in that scene need to stay in that scene. <laughs> and like, I realized that at some point, and I was like, "Fuck, man." this is shitty (laughs) it's it's a terrible fucking uh it's terrible way to live 
Right. It's fucking terrifying, man. And I remember bringing that up to my wife, and she was like, I never thought of it that way. Right. I'm like, well, yeah, that's how it, how it was, man, you know? Right. One minute they're buying, you know, We Will Overcome, and the next minute they're buying, what's his shit? God, I can't even think of that dude's name. The fucking, god damn it, that's not like a goddamn boomer. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> from Canada. Come on, what's his name? The fucking dude. Oh, he used to be on Degrassi. Oh, Drake. Drake. <laughs> God damn it! I'm the such biggest a name in hip hop. What's his <laughs> name? <laughs> oh, there's the reality of it. Here's a here's a cool story, and it was a very humbling experience. Uh, you you go to play a venue called Croc Rock. I don't know if you ever played there. Uh, Pennsylvania. And yeah, Pennsylvania, right? Crock Rock. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and they so had badass. Stages. Yeah. Love that venue. The merch managers who came in, like, counted their merch. They were cool as fuck. The promoter was I mean, as cool crazy. As, as cool as they could be for extorting you. Right, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they're at least cool <laughs> about it. They're right. at least nice about it. Like, hey, we spent all this money on our own merch. Here, have some of it. <laughs> right. Funny, humbling experiences. The little the little girl at the front who who checked in bands and did the door sales. Really humbling experience is like you walk by and you're like, hey, how are you? And she's like, oh, I'm so excited you're here. I love your band. And you're like, fuck right, you do. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you play the game, you know, you're like, well, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Yeah. And she's like, starstruck. Fast forward 10 years. It's fucking Halsey. What? I shit you not. How fucking cool is that? Are you kidding me? Not even kidding. The their I, door girl was Halsey. I had no fucking idea, dude. Like I, I mean, seriously, this is complete news to me. Yeah, uh, absolutely unreal. Like she, she probably was working the door at one of your shows. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, uh, it all, it all sounds familiar. Well, we loved Croc Rock, man. That was one of my favorite venues in that in that state. Uh, they had that pizza place in the front, right? Yes. Wasn't that towards the front? Yeah, that pizza place yeah. was sick. It just reminded me of if. If Rainforest Cafe owned a venue, it would be Croc Rock. <laughs> that is the truth. That is the honest and it to looks, God truth. It looked just like it. Like you walked in and you thought you were like on a movie set from the fifties of like King Kong. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. it looked like you were backstage at Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> I think that venue knew exactly what they were doing. Because yeah, they made all I mean, the touring fans <laughs> feel really comfortable and excited to be there. It was sick, dude. It was awesome. When uh, Halsey started taking off, uh, she had an interview on on YouTube. Uh, I can't remember the YouTuber's name, but he, he's a really eccentric, goofy guy. I love him. But uh, she she mentioned, you know, I used to work at Croc Rock. And I was like, do I recognize her? And she's talking about the venue and like how like a lot of cool bands would go through. She's like, you know, a lot of my favorite bands and she dropped some names and, and she dropped the color morale. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and then I, you know, I'm thinking back and I'm like, oh no, I totally know who she is. And I'm like, no, I don't No, Do I? And I'm like, man, I feel like a big piece of shit. Cause like, I feel like I do. And I, but I do I, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I don't remember her face, but I remember that chick being at the front and always being super nice and kind to us whenever we showed up. Like, hey, we're calling her all here to load in. She's like, oh, so good to see you guys, you know, and that fucking cool. Like, and she's like the biggest female pop artist right now. And <laughs> seeing people from our realm do amazing things. That's yeah, so, so cool. Well, dude, 
We're kind of running out of time here. I I want to ask you some some rapid questions. Sure. I'll, I'll ask you some questions. You can just answer as, as quick as possible off the top of your head. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Night of the Living Dead. And I have uh, the, the the girl that's on the cover of the movie. Uh, she's tattooed on my arm. That's, no that's shit. my all-time favorite. That's Absolutely. a hell of a movie. Yeah. Okay, well, that kind of takes out this next question. I was going to ask, what's your favorite scary movie? But I was going to try to ask like in that scream voice, what's your favorite scary movie? Yeah, two, <laughs> two for one. Uh, Whataburger or In-N-Out? You know, when I, when I did Eat Meat, uh, fuck. I don't know. I thought In-N-Out was a little overrated. It, it tasted good and, and everything, but I think I had to go with Whataburger because it just had so many yes, options. Sir. <laughs> I yes, <love> sir. Yes, <laughs> sir. Uh, Batman or Iron Man? See, here's the thing. Uh, God, I, I gotta go Batman. I just grew up with him. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I get it. I love Batman, but I love that Iron Man is like, like he's, he, and like in the comics, at least, you know, he's an alcoholic that hates himself, but realizes <laughs> yeah. that he has a responsibility. I like booze and I have a lot of money and I'm going to try to do my best to help the world. But at the same time, I know I'm not a perfect human being and I hate myself. Like I, to me, that story, that character arc, I am so into, like, I love it. I guess that's why I have to go with Iron Man. Yeah. I, I changed uh, my vote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your favorite candy. Shit. Uh, oh yeah. Circus peanuts. They're fucking gross, but I don't know the what fucking- it is. The orange circus peanuts? Yeah, the, the shitty ones that were made in 1928, and they're Fuck. still. <laughs> I don't I don't know why. It just the taste hit me the right way. The texture works with my mouth. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awful, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I'm judging the fuck out of you right now. <laughs> That's fine. Did you, funny story. Did you know that if you put a circus peanut in the microwave, it turns into a rat? <laughs> okay all right uh (laughs) friends or how i met your mother oh god yeah take that take that uh see the thing is is how i met your mother is kind of relatable with the whole like chasing after the one and yeah and and the friends so was ross and rachel that was chasing after the one the whole series right but one did it better in my opinion (laughs) you know I'm gonna have oh I'm gonna get so much hate for this. I think I'm gonna have to go with how I met your mother. I'm with you, dude. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh I, let it, me it tell you why. So Barney real. Stinson, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Neil Patrick Harris is phenomenal. And the fact that, like, okay, so not a lot of people think about this, but he 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 started this. Well, I say started, but I guess he's he shed light on this whole uh culture of like broism, you know. And the fact right. that even after he came out of the closet as a gay man and was still accepted by bros as the ultimate bro is oh, fucking yeah. huge. That's huge. And people That's- don't realize how big of a fucking deal that is. And it's a huge deal, man. It is a huge deal. And and to see his – he already had such a great career before that. But look how much – how great it's been since even. You know, doing like uh, Lemony Snicket and all the TV shows and all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, and he he hosted yeah. the Tonys, right? Uh, which is huge. You know, I think he won a Tony. I mean, he's fucking great. That's success. I'd probably leave Susie for that dude. I'll be honest. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> album that changed your life. 
slowly going the way of the Buffalo by MXPX that uh, at, at the first listen, it, it was all about the tone and, and the recording quality. It was just so different than what they had done before is a, a lot more organic and it just felt you, you open, you know, when you actually open CDs back in the day and then you pull out the insert, there's just, there's just this whole like memory that won't go away for me and opening it up and the smell of the pages and like they use the rough, not finished, not the gloss. And yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That feeling of that paper, yeah. that rough, that roughness. I know exactly right. what you're talking about. There, Lit Biscuit whole... used that a lot. It was nice. Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and, and the thing was, it, it just created such a, a moment for me, you know, like you, you get excited about buying your favorite band's next record. You, you have the moment where you're actually, I feel like you're becoming that record. And you put it in, listen to it. The recording quality is exactly what you didn't expect, but it's everything you needed. And then you move on to the lyrical content and I'm like, holy shit. Like every single song, I feel like I wrote this, you know, <laughs> just like it totally resonates with you. Like, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Like everything from their, their political points and their relational girlfriend, boyfriend dramas, like, I was right there with it the whole way through. And that, that record has been there for me and it, it stuck with me forever. There are movies and albums that you can go back to. And it's like visiting with an old friend. Absolutely. You know, that record is, is like that for you. For me, it's uh rise against revolutions per minute or uh, the, I know what you did last summer soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Uh, Okay, so favorite city, any city? Uh, you know, you know, I, I I like to say it was like somewhere in Europe and something like super cool and edgy. <laughs> but honestly, San Antonio, dude, <laughs> playing the White Rabbit. Oh my god, dude! My favorite fucking venue in Texas. Favorite dude. venue, <laughs> absolutely. And just the people there just love music. It doesn't matter who you are. Every show we ever or every tour we ever played that went through there kids just loved everything dude i remember i used to go to shows there i used to drive from abilene to santo it's about four hour drive and go to shows there before we started playing the side stage yeah and then eventually you know close your eyes we got to headline the main stage and this and that and like i i could sum up my career at that venue yeah it's I love that fucking place. That's I'm so stoked that you I'm so stoked that you are from fucking Rockford, Illinois, across the fucking country and still have that much appreciation about something that's like so close to home here in Texas to me. That's so that tells me that, you know, it was real. It wasn't just some Texas bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no shit. And, and being able to like be accepted so far away from home and you know, we, we just made so many good friends out there and we had such good food. Oh my God. The food out there was, oh God. it's just the, the whole thing, you know, from before you get to the show, there's stuff to do. You play the show is amazing. And then going out to eat after, and then the people we got to hang out with that's top, top number one for sure. Yeah. Uh, favorite holiday. Halloween always. Uh, I'm, I'm such a big, like horror movie and spooky fan. Um, God, I'm looking at a rack of DVDs and there's over a hundred horror movies in there. Every year Halloween comes around. I'm like, fuck yes. The spooky shit everywhere. It's, it's fun. And you get to kind of dress up and have fun no matter how old you are. 
I'm with you. Dude, we're the same fucking person. Uh, throughout the year, I will get on YouTube and I'll look up 90s Halloween commercials. Susie hates it. I will sit on the couch and watch 90s <laughs> Halloween commercials and love every second of it. She's like, what the fuck? Like, how many times can you watch this commercial about get a Happy Meal and get a free witch, ghost, or pumpkin yes. basket? Or watching, uh, what's that? Uh, the Pizza Hut guy. Do you remember the old Pizza Hut guy? It was a pizza. And he sounded like, Oh, it's it's Mr. Pizza Guy. Oh, let's go oh, to this yeah. castle. Blah, blah, blah. I can't remember his name. Was it Pizza Head or something like that? Yeah, it has to be Pizza Head. I think something that's like that. But he was like, "Oh no, it's Dracula!" <laughs> and I will watch those commercials, and I die. I look like Adam Sandler in that movie Big Daddy when he's eating cereal on his couch and he's spilling milk out of his mouth because yeah. he's laughing so hard. That's me watching Halloween commercials from 1995. <laughs> And that's why you're one of my best friends. <laughs> I'll just watch like the 30 second, like TGIF, like tonight on TGIF, Urkel clones himself as a vampire. <laughs> Mine was like DJ Tanner has a malfunction with her mummy costume. <laughs> I'm like, God, I love this. Oh God, dude. Okay. So TGIF was Sabrina Teenage Witch, uh, yeah. step by step. Boy Meets World. Boy and, Meets World. Um, Beautiful. Oh, what the fuck? There's Step by Step, Sabrina, Family Matters, God, all those shows. So that was Friday night. Saturday night was Snick, Keenan and Kel, Cousin Skeeter, Are You Afraid of the Dark? All that. I'm really bummed out that, like, that doesn't really, like, isn't a thing anymore, dude. Right. That, see, these are the reasons why old people are so bitter because. I get it now. I just had my epiphany of my life. I know why old people are better. That's because Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin aren't on a TV anymore. <laughs> Last question. Yes. If you had to get rid of one food forever, vegan tacos or vegan pizza? Fuck. Uh, I have to get rid of one? Yeah, you have to get rid of one forever. Like you, you can remember it exists and you remember the taste, but you can never have it again. <laughs> And I've had vegan pizza and vegan tacos, so I know what I would oh, choose. Oh, uh, I, I'd give up the pizza. Yeah, dude, yeah, I so, would have to give up pizza. Yeah. So here, here's a little fun fact about me that probably 90% of people don't know is I'm actually half Mexican, half German. And uh, yeah, I, I, I would That's never nice. be able to give away. Yeah, the strongest halves. <laughs> God, I can make so many jokes, but I, I don't want to get shunned. But uh, <laughs> it's like best of both worlds, you know, like the front yard's always maintained really well, but the backyard has a really good fire pit. <laughs> oh, man, this has been so much fun, dude. I appreciate you so much for agreeing to come on my fucking little pitiful show. I know when I texted you about it, man, you were like, Yes, like you were about it. And I, I said on the last episode, there are people that you meet on the road. Even if you just do one tour with them, you you hit it off with them. There's a bond. Just because I haven't seen, dude, I have not seen you in person since 2011, since our tour. I know, I but know it. I still hold you in such high regard in, in my circle of friends. We made such a connection, man, that you were one of the first names I brought up. Like in my mind, like once I started actually working this show out and writing down guests that I wanted, you were up in my top three. I love you, dude. Hey man, I, I love you too, brother. Like 
I, I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, like there, there's a bond there and it's not going away. We can go six years without talking and pick it up right over again, you know, and I, I appreciate you and everything, you know, you've always been so, so encouraging and supportive and God, it, it, it won't go unnoticed. And even just giving me a platform to even just speak my mind about bullshit, like not, not, I don't get a lot of time to talk. So this is really special to me. And I, I appreciate you so much, bro. For sure, man. And you, you are welcome back anytime. Like you said, you, you said yourself, this is giving you a platform for your voice to speak, whatever you want, man. Hit me up, text me and tell me, Hey, I got some shit. I want to be on your show. You let me know. And I, we'll work it out, man. Uh, you're doing great things with a uh, home and lost. I want to hear more about that. You know, the, yes. the more you continue with that, Please come back when you, you know, release whatever, do whatever if you're doing a tour. Oh, man. I love you to death. <laughs> You've given us a lot of insight, man. A lot of stories and, and things about in the band. And that's awesome, dude. That's to me, that's what this whole show is about. We talk about what it's really like behind the stage lights, what it's like getting to that point of quote unquote rock star and then what it's like afterwards. I appreciate you sharing your story with us. Uh, I'll talk to Jimmy Fallon about getting you on a show tonight. I'll text him. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right man so uh cool i appreciate it dude and uh we'll sign you off. got it all right thanks so much man so we are about to record this outro and we just found two wasps in my studio and my wife can't even catch her breath i'm sorry one landed on my boob it scared the shit out of me <laughs> I was terrified. I'm still coming down from it. Adrenaline's pumping through my body right now. So there was one on the wall, like high up on the wall behind her. And I saw it and I was like, oh, there's another wasp. I've had a wasp issue in my studio. I think they, they kind of got in through the weather stripping on the door. So I'm gonna have to replace my weather stripping. I've killed about six wasps since I've, I've, since I've started this as my studio in the past month. And my wife's always terrified to come in here because she's yes. terrified of wasps. Yeah, fuck wasps. They're awful and they're jerks. Well, we killed this one on the wall and it fell down. I was like, babe, can you get in the closet and just get, get me some paper towels so I can pick it up? And as soon as she opened the closet. <laughs> he fell right down like he was just waiting he for darted, somebody to open the door. He darted to your titty. And he, he went did a straight to my tit. <laughs> and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> And I'm over here across awful. the room and she starts screaming just, and I turn yeah. and she's like, it's on my titty. It's on my titty. <laughs> I did. Oh, it was awful. I was, I was so scared to move because they're jerks and they're aggressive. And so I was terrified that like, yes, I, I let him out. Like I gave him his freedom, but that doesn't mean he's not going to sting me. I grabbed my sandal. And I slapped the shit out of it while I was right on her titties. So I, I did the ultimate titty slap with my sandal to my wife. Oh, yeah. And of course, that happened to me. Like, I knew it. Like, I've had this. Every time I come in here, I'm like, all right, you better look around for wasps because I'm, gonna, I'm not going in there if I see some fucking wasps in there. And Sunny's like, oh, it's fine. And then, of course, the wasp fucking landed right on my titty. <laughs> like, I can't I even wish make we it up. Been like, rolling. I wish. Oh my god. Oh my I'm god. so glad we weren't. Oh, that would have been the I highlight of the fucking episode. I would have been so embarrassed because oh. I reacted very badly. <laughs> oh my god! You did the like you you jumped like, and jogged in place while and flailing your hands. fingers like it's on my titty. 
And I was like, in my head, I'm like, do I hit him? But then what if it pisses him off and he stings me? Yeah. Now, uh, like, I can't even talk about this episode because breathe. I am so, like, wrapped up in what just happened she with that fucking wasp. Around. She's, yeah, like, looking like, behind her. I'm ready to get this outro done because I need to get the fuck out of this wasp house. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to come in here again. <laughs> This could be the last episode yeah. you hear my wife. You on. may never hear from me again. <laughs> Fuck wasps. <laughs> okay, well. Um, oh God. God, but let's uh, let's bring See, it down. See how do you how do you transition from like a fucking wasp landing on my titty to oh hey that was a really nice episode like this that was very interesting. Well, Susie, what do you think of that episode? <sighs> it was. <laughs> See, I can't do it. I'm just thinking about the fucking wasp. Um, no, I, I, I <laughs> it was really interesting. I'm sorry. I'm just so caught up in what just happened. Um, I need to take some deep breaths. Take some deep and breaths. And I need to refocus. Let's refocus. I'll edit the fuck out of this. Yeah. And you need to keep your eye on the sky. For some more fucking wasp. Because I will run out of here. I've yet to be stung. I've killed. Well, that's fine. I mean, that's good. But the reason you're not getting stung is because they're like cold and so they're weak and they don't move. And then once it warms up, that's why you start seeing them come out because they're like, oh, the weather's nice. Like, let's go fuck some shit up. Let's go fuck some animals up and some people. Relax. You have such a hatred for these things. I do. And it, you know, it didn't used to be that bad. But like, as I've grown older, I just like, they're like, my enemy. Okay. Anyways. Bring it down. Some down See, I'm calming down. Bring it down. I'm calming down. <clears throat> so, Justin Heiser, Color Morale, episode two. What'd you think? Uh, I really, like, I thought it was a very interesting episode. Um, <laughs> there were a few p- funny parts in it, but I really enjoyed that you guys got deeper and talked about, like, real shit that happens on the road and not just like the fun stories and the fun times that you have but you also talk about like the real stuff and some of the struggles that you have too that go along with it yeah i you know i had fun reminiscing with with justin and you know we had a good time and we had some laughs but i i really enjoyed hearing you know the the struggles that he well i didn't enjoy that he struggled but i I, I was very interested to hear the struggles he went through and, and what made him ultimately leave the band. You know, we, we both did it for family, whether it was to go home to take one or or take care of family. There's my dog. <laughs> Rupert saying, hey, y'all. <laughs> He's shaking it off. To You know, he, he went home to take care of family and, you know, I went home to raise a family. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he, he says to himself, he doesn't regret his decision. I feel like he made the right decision. You know, I feel like I yeah, made the right of course. decision. What I did. Well, of course you did, Sonny. Look at us. I mean, look at your daughter. Yeah, we're doing all right. <laughs> She's okay. Ella's all right. To me, that was really interesting. That was the meat and potatoes of it, you know. Uh, and he gave us a lot of great, great uh, content and insight. And that's exactly what I wanted and that's what I want on this show um, and Justin gave it to me man he dished it up and he held nothing back and, and I, I really appreciate it it was awesome well awesome that was episode 2 uh, I'm stoked I'm stoked we did it again I'm yeah, excited we did do it again we did it we fucking you did, did it. it again I did it again 
The son of a Oops, bitch did it. You did it again. Don't. I'm sorry. I couldn't help <laughs> but say that. Um. Well, follow the show on Facebook at Always Sunny Podcasts and on Instagram. That's your part. That's, it's <laughs> I, and on Instagram. Oh, sorry. What is, what's, what's the Instagram? <laughs> Sorry. I don't I, study I, Vega. Go I ahead. feel like I just got pressured into this, okay. guys. <sighs> and I have to tell you again? Always Sunny Vega, right? <laughs> <laughs> and follow on Instagram, Always Sunny Vega. We are professionals. We're very professional. We're, we know what we're doing here. Uh, I'm debating on getting a Twitter again. Not going to lie. Well, have fun with that. Uh, and we... We are going to start doing more YouTube content. Um, oh, we are. Well, yeah. I bought those umbrella lights. I got those umbrella lights. Thank you to Nixon Wiley for donating some badass umbrella lighting and other and, things. And a green screen. And Nicole, too. And Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. You guys are the best. Y'all are pretty cool. He gave me a green screen uh, with the setup and everything. So who knows? Pretty soon yeah. you may be, you may see me and Susie or, or whoever, anybody else I have in the studio, maybe Nicole or Nixon. Doing some cheesy ass shit. Doing some cheesy ass shit on Mars. Uh, and like I said, if you have any letters or anything that you want to ask me or my wife, the email is alwayssunnypodcast at gmail.com. Write to us about anything. I'll do my best to read any, any of it on air. Like, you could give me a death threat, and I'll do my best yeah. to read it. He'll on, definitely on read those on here. I will definitely. Good or bad, if you want to talk shit, I'll... I'll <laughs> <laughs> shit, I'm putting myself in the fucking dirt. I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> Just send, like, the worst stuff to him and let him read it in his 1950s voice on the podcast. <laughs> And hey, maybe oh, maybe this is you can take it like as your time to finally tell somebody off in your life. Yeah, be you like, know what? If even hey, if you don't know insert me, name here, it could be about somebody that we don't know. Just let Sunny be the yeah, one to like read tell, it out. Like if you just broke up with your boyfriend and you're like, "Hi, my name's Jessica. I just broke up with Timmy, and he's a fucking dong bag." I'll read it and yeah. I'll dedicate it to Timmy. And if you give me his handle on on whatever instagram or whatever i'll make sure to to tag his ass in it there you go fuck it he'll happy make valentine's a, day yeah. to me <laughs> he'll make a clip of of that part of the podcast upload it and tag him yeah this is definitely a good idea this is the best idea <laughs> nothing bad is gonna come of this nope nothing. at all all right that's episode bye see ya stay tuned for a clip of an upcoming episode of always sunny You could have been there, like knowing <laughs> how awkward Susie can be, and like oh god, it's so great. I love like, that's half the reason why I married her. Like that. Yeah, because oh, I can I, I put her in those situations. Like when we go to the mall, you know, there's like people in the middle in those kiosks, oh, and they're my like, god, it's worse. "Lady, lady, would you like cream? You know, like, <laughs> would you like face cream for your face?" <laughs> and Susie's kind of like tries to be nice, like, "No, no, thank you, thank you." I purposely walk on the outside so it's like it's me her and then fucking kiosk guy and when they're like who did you like cream i'm i'm instantly like babe weren't you talking about babe you were just talking about that and i start like walking her like pushing her with my chest like as i'm like walking towards the kiosk she's just caught in front of me no no and then she feels awful she expects she's like i wasn't i i'm sorry i wasn't (laughs) 
like walking by. Like that dude thought he was about to make bank. Like he's like, oh yeah, you have a lot of face. There's about to be a lot of cream. <laughs> like he was oh like, oh God. come on, dude. You know, like come on, y'all, y'all fucking playing me or what? You gonna buy cream or not? You're such Sorry. an asshole. 